Tonight, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. So take your copy of God's Word, flip to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to continue in our series, Attacking Anxiety. Attacking Anxiety. And tonight, as we're talking about attacking anxiety, got to get that out. Tonight's message title is very simple. Choosing Victory. Choosing Victory. We're going to talk about living a life of victory and walking in victory. Because I think as believers, one thing that we have done over time or maybe throughout our lives is that sometimes we neglect the victory that's already been won for us. And we don't walk in that and we don't breathe in that. And we're going to get more into that later. But as we're talking about choosing victory, you know, did you ever like look back on your life like when you were younger and like you see a habit you had or something you did that like you were very complacent and cool in, but now you look back and you're like, that was like weird or gross or like, why did I do that? Right? Like, for example, like when I first got to college and I was a freshman, uh, I was really bad about just leaving dirty dishes like all over my apartment. Like seriously, like everywhere. On the windowsill, next to the couch, next to the bed, in the sink. Like it was bad. Like one time I like, went to my windowsill, there was a cup there. I was like, what's this cup doing here? And like I picked it up and like there was a science experiment going in it. And it was like, mm, that's kind of weird, you know? And then I put it back on the windowsill because like they're just going to leave that there and that like it's not there. Right? You ever had that in your life? Like you get complacent with something and you just rock with it, right? And then you turn around and look back and go like, that was gross. Like, no wonder nobody liked me when I was 18. I was gross. Like, what was I doing? You know, or like as I got further along in college, you know, my junior and senior year, that's when like toms were like the thing, right? Anybody, anybody else rock the toms? Like anybody rock some toms, right? And maybe some people probably still rock them now and that's fine. But like, I'm like obsessive by nature. Like if you know me at all, you know, like I'm obsessive by nature and like either I'm obsessed about a few things like the NBA, like I'm going to be obsessed with it my whole life, right? Or there's other things that like come and go. Like Morgan will tell you all the time, like there'll be like three months where I like I can't eat enough chocolate chip cookies and then I don't want to look at a chocolate chip cookie for like six months, right? Like I go through fads. Well, when Tom's came out, like that was my jam, right? Like I was all about some Tom's, okay? And I wore them all the time with everything, jeans, sweatpants, gym shorts, swim trunks, like it, it literally, I'm the guy walking on the beach wearing Tom's, like that's who I was, like that's what I was doing, and like I look back on it now and see pictures, and I'm like, I'm wearing Tom's that don't even match my outfit, and I'm like, what was I doing, how did I get Morgan to marry me wearing stuff like, because I was rocking the Tom's when she met me, and like she's still like, thankfully she taught me how to dress, so now I kind of look all right, right, but I look back on it, I was like, I got complacent with something that was like, weird and not right for me, but I accepted it as me. And I share that because I think what we have done as believers in 2018 is we've become complacent with anxiety. We've just accepted anxiety as norm. And that shouldn't be the case. But we've taken anxiety and we've made it this thing that like, okay, well, everyone in the room deals with anxiety, so it's okay that I deal with anxiety. Because at the end of the day, we're all anxious, right? That'd be like if we all made a pact tonight that was like, hey, when we leave, we're all going to go just become thieves. We're just going to steal whatever we can get our hands on. But since we're all doing it, it's cool, right? Who's with me? Y'all want to go just steal a bunch of stuff? I don't think anybody's signing up for that. But anxiety, we put over here on an island all by itself, and we've become complacent with our anxiety. 
And we treat it as a norm. And what we do is when life happens or a relationship happens or things don't go the way that we necessarily plan for them to do, we take anxiety like it's a snuggie and we just put our arms through it and just wrap up in it like, oh, whew, this anxiety, this is good, right? Like it's getting cold. There's nothing better than a warm blanket on a cold night, right? That's how we treat our anxiety sometimes is it's just our norm. When things are rocking, when things aren't really going the way that we need to, we just run and pick up our anxiety and just. When Christ has so much more for us, he has an abundant life plan for us, and he came and he died for every one of our struggles, for every one of our sins, including anxiety. See, nobody likes to call anxiety a sin. But Scripture clearly gives us a command to not be anxious. Y'all like, dang, it's kind of harsh. And, and, and I say that, and I understand, yes, there are anxiety disorders out there, and I am not knocking that at all. And if you're struggling with something like that, get help, please. If you know somebody that's struggling with a disorder, help them. Get them some help. But look, just... General anxiety and general worry and general stress over things that don't matter or things that Jesus has completely control over is a sin in our lives. We'll talk about the sins of alcohol and the sins of sex and the sins of gossip and the sins of lying and the sins of cussing and the sins of every other sin out there in the world, but we never come and we classify anxiety as a sin because why? We've treated it as a norm for so long. We just said, I'm an anxious person. Some of you are going through the study of Girl, Wash Your Face from author Rachel Hollis, and I think she has a great quote, and she says, you are not anxiety. You're not anxiety. You just have it. We've just created it as an identity for ourselves. Like, yeah, I'm, hey, I'm Matt. I'm anxious. I'm married. Like, we're just, like, describing ourselves. It's like in our Twitter bio, at Matt Daniels FCA, anxious. That's kind of what we've done. We don't put it on the surface, but that's what we've done with anxiety. And Christ doesn't want that for us, and he calls us to something else. Look in the scripture. This is command from Christ right here. Look at this. Matthew 6, verse 25. And this is in the Sermon on the Mount, right? And so he's been preaching. He's been going through the Beatitudes. Jesus is standing on a mountaintop, and he's just laying it out there, right? And thankfully, Matthew recorded every bit of it and gave it to us in scripture. And in chapter 6, we see that he tells us to give to the needy. He gives us the Lord's Prayer. He talks about fasting. He talks about laying up our treasures in heaven and not on things of the earth, which is a whole other message that we could get into. But we're going to pick up in verse 25. It says, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious. Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and let yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour of his span to life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So we come out of our complacency of anxiety, and we've talked about snuggling up with anxiety. And the picture that I want you to get as we're talking about being complacent in our anxiety is what does that say to the people around you about Jesus? It's a hard question, right? And a question that none of us really want to answer. But when we as believers walk around anxious, what is that telling the world about who our Jesus is? So we get a clear command from Christ here, right? The clear command from Christ is what? Do not be anxious about your life. He gives it to us three times in this short little passage. Three times. Very clear, very clear command that Jesus has for us that he says, hey, do not be anxious. And what we have to do is get out of the complacency of our sin and move towards this or complacency of anxiety and move towards this command of Christ and start treating anxiety as what it is. Stop treating it as an, your identity. Stop treating it as norm. Stop treating it as something that's just going to happen. And start treating it as something that hinders you from a clear walk with your Savior. Because Jesus tells us time and time again in this passage and all throughout his word, he's going to take care of you. He will meet your needs. He will meet my needs. Look at us. We all got clothes on our body. You've all probably eaten something at some point today, even if it was just like a bag of popcorn or something. I know how it gets, but, hey, you've had something in you. You've got some sustenance. There's water fountains everywhere you turn around, right? Your needs are met, but yet we walk around going, oh, Lord, Oh, man, what am I going to do about this? What am I going to do about this relationship? What in the world does God have for me to do in five years? What's my career? I'm graduating in a month, and I'm not even going to use my degree. And we worry about all these things when Jesus says, stop worrying about your life. Stop worrying about it. But yet we just breeze right through that command and say, (laughs) I'm going to worry. We all do it. I do it. We have that anxiety that comes in. And the the thing about anxiety and the question that I want to ask you is, you'll fight other sins off. You will throw other sins and you will put the boxing gloves on and fight with a sin and you will get through it and you will pray for victory over it. Why not your anxiety? We'll pray, Lord, help me to bite my tongue and not be so angry. But we won't pray, Lord, change my anxiety. Lord, give me true joy in you. Give me true peace in you and help me to understand that your plan is perfect and I'm just going to trust that and I'm going to follow that even if I don't know what tomorrow brings, right? Sufficient for the day is itself. We got enough to take care of today. Stop worrying about Thursday. Stop worrying about a year from now. Stop worrying about two years from now. Stop worrying about 10 years from now because trust me, you're going to blink and it's going to be 10 years. Ten years ago, I was a freshman. I was in your seat ten years, and it feels like ten days. And I look back and look at some things that I worried about and go, man, I wasted so many days looking into my own self and worrying about myself. I missed so many opportunities for the kingdom because I was so focused on my anxiety. I'm going to share more about that later. The command from Christ is clear. 
Do not be anxious about your life. Anxiety does not help. Anxiety takes away. See, Satan uses anxiety to fill our heads with lies and with fear and with stress and with worry so we don't focus on the joy and the peace and the patience and the mercy and the grace of God that's given to you every single day through the Holy Spirit. The helper is in you. Come on, that's good now. In case you missed it, let me say that again. Anxiety doesn't help. It takes away. Satan uses it to take away from your view and your walk with Christ and the joy and the love and the peace and the grace and mercy of God that fills you every morning when you wake up and take a breath is what you have. And Satan will use anxiety to take that away, to slow you down, to slow your momentum, and ultimately slow the gospel for the people that are around you. So it's time to stop being complacent with our anxiety and take this command from Christ to not be anxious and commit to our Father. Matthew 6.33 says what? But seek first the kingdom of God. See, our top priority should be seeking God every single day of our life. Should be going to him in prayer, in the word. Yes, having a quiet time. I love the example that he uses of the birds, right? See, the thing about anxiety that we like to do is we like to take anxiety, or and we'll call it something else, right? We'll call it stress. Well, I have good stress. It keeps me focused. It helps me take care of all the tasks that I need to take care of, right? We do it. I do it, right? We will stress about some of the craziest stuff and say, oh, that it's good. And I love this example of the birds, right? Because Jesus is saying, hey, don't be anxious, but he's not saying don't be lazy, right? Sometimes we view it as, and, and my wife and I, we have this discussion all the time, right? She tells me that I don't feel and I don't have emotions and I don't care about anything. I'm really not an anxious person, okay? So, like, I'm really not. Like, I don't really get worried about a lot of stuff. Like, it just, it's whatever. Like, we're good. I see the best in everything. Like, that's who I am. That's who God has made me. I'm going to get more into that here in a little bit when we close up. But that's not who I am. And she says all the time, well, you just don't care. You don't feel. Or I never know what you're thinking because you just, you're just smiling all the time. And you're just good with it. And, like, can't you just be upset every once in a while? And, like, I always think about this passage when she says that, the birds. Because, like, the birds, and think about birds, for example, right? Like, do you ever see a bird, like, hungry? No, you just see them like flapping around and singing and hanging out in trees and probably driving you nuts at 5 o'clock in the morning or, you know, they're just flapping around, having a good old time, building nests, laying eggs and moving on with life, right? And that's just what they do. And what this scripture is saying is, hey, look, if I take care of the birds, are you not of more value than a bird? Does Jesus look at a bird and call it son or daughter? He calls it a bird, but he looks at you. And he calls you son. He calls you daughter. He looks at you and sees the blood of his son on you, covering your sin and your debt that you can't pay. That's how much value you have to the Father. And a command to not be anxious doesn't mean for you to not work, to not be responsible, right? That'd be like if the birds were just sitting in its nest with its mouth wide open, like, like just waiting for God to like drop some seeds down, like, right? You don't see that. You see the birds doing what they do, but you don't see them freaking out. Like, you don't see a bird flapping through the air like, oh my gosh, where's this food coming from? Like, I gotta go feed my babies, and they're going all over the place, right? You don't see that. So why are we the most precious thing in the sight of God? 
walking around worried and anxious about what God's going to do for us. Or worried about if God's going to take care of whatever it is that you're walking through. Look, I get it. The future is looming for so many of you, and it's like a dark cloud. And you're like, I don't know what God has for me. I'm in this thing called college. And every adult asks me, like, what are you going to do with your life? And what are you going to do after graduation? You're like, I don't know. I get it. Up until six months ago in my life, I spent 29 years following Christ to not ever have a clear picture until six months ago. When God called me to what he has to me for me now. And there's never been more peace in my life. But it took 29 years of me following Christ for me to hear the voice and say yes to what he had for me. Don't wait 29 years. You can start right now. You can start right now hearing the voice of God right now, today. Don't worry about Thursday. Worry about right now, in this moment, this day that God has blessed you with, that he has gifted you with. What does he have for you today? That's what he's saying here. Stop worrying about all the stuff that I've already taken care of and just lock in on me in the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things. And this is one of those verses that we like to just pull out by itself, right? We're like, but seek first the kingdom of God and all these things are going to be added to me. Like this big like prosperity thing. And he's in this context here, he's saying, hey, your needs, that's what he's adding to you. That's what he's taking care of. What more do we need than our needs? Right? And all these things will be added unto you. And see, the thing about seeking the kingdom and living out his righteousness is pretty simple. It's more than a quiet time. It's more than coming to church. It's more than that. It's a life of him. The way that I can seek first the kingdom of God is to be the best husband that I can be for Morgan. The way that I can seek first the kingdom of God and have all these things added unto me is to be the best worker for Fellowship of Christian Athletes that I can be. The way that I can seek first the kingdom of God is to be the best friend to my friends, to be the best son to my parents, to be the best father to my incoming child, to be the best whatever, whatever role I'm in. And it's the same thing for you. You want to seek first the kingdom of God, be the very best exactly where God has placed you at. Stop worrying about where he's got for you or where he's taking you or what the relationship is going to lead to and just be the very best right now, today, exactly where God's put you. And watch what God does in your life. I'm telling you, that's what he's saying right here. Seek me. Seek the kingdom of God and my righteousness and live that out and watch what I do in and through your life. Come on, that ought to make every one of us say anxiety. Light a torch to it and give me that. That's what he wants for you. This is what he wants for us. That's why he tells us three different times in this passage, do not be anxious. It's a clear command from Christ that causes a commitment to him. And see, it's about going a little bit deeper. We're not just talking about changing a behavior of anxiety or just worrying a little less or maybe avoiding a situation that makes you anxious, right? It's talking about replacing anxiety with a deeper love for our Jesus, right? So why don't you replace your worry with some worship, 
Replace your worry with some worship and just worship your father exactly where you're at. Why don't you take your anxiety and replace it with adoration for a father that looks at you and loves you so much that he sent his son to pay the price for you and that fights your battles for you every day. The father that is sitting at the right hand of God the Father fighting battles that never even get to us because he's interceding on our behalf. Have a little adoration instead of anxiety for that God. Instead of questioning him, instead of having a lack of trust in him, stand up and say, I'm going to love him, and because I know he loves me, and he's fighting my battles, and he's taking care of me, I'm going to just love him in return, and love him with everything that I got. And how about you replace your stress with some service? It's kind of funny, right? Like, when you're doing something good for someone else, are you anxious in that moment? You might be kind of like like giddy, nervous, like I can't wait to see their reaction, right? But you're not like, what am I doing? Right? When you're serving someone else, it's good. And you feel good on the inside. And every one of you that have ever done any kind of mission project, everyone always says what? I think I got more out of it than the people I was serving. And that's a great thing because that's what God does with us. And that's why he tells us to not worry because that's what he wants to do for us. Do you get that? Your heavenly father wants to speak to you every single day. He wants to give you love every single day. He wants to give you joy every single day. He wants to give you peace every single day. He wants to meet your needs every single day. So why do we not trust that God? Commit to it. Seek first the kingdom of God. Replace that worry with worship. Replace that anxiety with adoration. Replace that stress with service. Because you know why? There's been a compelling victory that's already been won. There's already a victory won over this. Do you understand that? We're talking about choosing victory tonight. We're talking about choosing the joy and the peace and the love and all these things that God wants to add to you every single day. We're talking about choosing that. Instead of snuggling up with this blanket of anxiety and acting like it's okay, snuggling up with the Father. Like that sounds kind of weird, but it's what He wants. He wants us to just fall into him and just love him and choose the victory that he's already won. You understand that, right? He has died on the cross for you, for me. And when he died on the cross, it wasn't just a death. You know what he hung on that cross? Our sins, our anxieties, our stress, our worries. He nailed all that to the cross. And when he came up out the tomb, he left that stuff in it. You don't believe me? Listen to this scripture. Just listen to these scriptures. This right here, like, if this don't fire you up, we need to talk afterwards, okay? Deuteronomy 20, verses 3 and 4 says, And shall say to them, so this is God speaking now. He says, Hear, O Israel, today you are drawing near for battle against your enemies. Let not your heart faint. Do not fear or panic or be in dread of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies, to give you the victory. You understand that? God goes with you. He fights for you so that you can have the victory. More. Titus 3, verses 3 through 7. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, 
by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Colossians 2. 13 through 15 says, And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. Don't miss this. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. You understand that the power of darkness, the power of anxiety, the power of all of that has been nailed to the cross and it is defeated. It is absolutely done. You do not have to walk and struggle in anxiety anymore. Just walk in the love of the Father and the victory that he came with. And in case you didn't get it, here's one more for you. 1 Corinthians 15. Verses 56 through 58 says, The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. You understand you have a victory that Jesus Christ won, and now he is saying, go walk in it. Go work in it. Go stand in it, and you will not be moved. The world and Satan is going to throw so much at you. One of the biggest sources of our anxiety is the lies straight from the pits of hell who make you worry about the way that you look, the way that you dress, the way that you talk, tell you that you got to please everybody, tell you that you got to have your whole life planned out, tell you that you got to know every single detail of everything going on around you. And Jesus says, just stop and know me. Just stop and know me. Choosing victory is something that we have to do because that's what Jesus Christ has left us to do, to take that victory to the people around us. We know anxious people in our life. We know people who are lost and are searching, and they're anxious, and they don't know what to do with their anxiety. But the good news is we do know what to do with our anxiety. We just have to choose whether or not we're going to do it. That victory that happened when Jesus came out of the tomb and resurrected, this victory we just read out of 1 Corinthians, you have it. It's in you. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you're listening to me and you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, when you lay down tonight, you are victorious. If you're blessed enough to wake up in the morning, you are victorious. I don't think we're told that enough. Because, see, I didn't understand that for so long in my life. See, I was saved at age 12, and I just want to get a little personal with you. Can I get a little personal with you? Because I shared with you I'm not a very anxious person, right? I was once extremely anxious. Like, I was a really bad people pleaser, and I was a really bad just, like, focused on the way that I looked and the way that I sounded. And, you know, I was my own worst enemy in a lot of ways that through my older years of high school and my first couple of years of college, I was so anxious to the point that my digestive system started acting up. And my body would start producing digestive fluids just because I was so worked up that my body would get so hungry that it would start feeding itself with digestive acids. And for five years of my life, I had to take stomach medicine. And the one thing the doctor pinned it to my freshman year of college, he said, Matt, you're just stressed out, bro. If you could not be so stressed, your stomach might be normal and you could actually like eat a full meal. 
Because what it was causing me to do is when I'd sit down to eat, I'd take a bite and feel like I'm going to hurl. The first dinner I ever had with Morgan and her family, I got so stressed out, I couldn't eat. Worrying over, are they going to like me? Are they going to accept me? Are they going to think good things of me? Are they going to let me continue to date Morgan? Instead of, in that moment, saying, okay, Jesus, I'm just going to love you. I'm going to be you. I'm going to live you out and watch what you do in my life. But instead, I was so anxious in that moment and in those years that finally when that doctor told me, hey, if you'll stop stressing, your stomach might act right, I went home. And cried out to God and said, God, I don't know how to not be stressed. It had just become a norm for me to be stressed. And it was like, the great thing that I love about our God is a couple things. One, when he speaks to us, he whispers. I'm thankful that our God doesn't go, Matt, you're an idiot. Right? He goes, hey, Matt, I love you. Thank you for finally admitting your stress. Now let me show you what I have for you. And when I got up that night from that prayer, I decided I wasn't going to be anxious anymore. And from then on, I really haven't been anxious. And that's not a story of me. That's a story that God can take anxiety and just trash it. Right? In Philippians 4, verses 6 through 8, It's such a great, great passage. It's going to be thrown up here. Again, he tells us, do not be anxious, right? In Philippians 6 there, he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, there's anything worthy of praise, think on these things. See, the, the way we attack our anxiety and our worry and our stress or whatever it is that you want to call it is when it hits, think about what's true in your life because anxiety is a lie. Think about what's pure in your life because worry clouds our judgment. That's what that scripture is telling us. But you can't think about those things if you're not talking to your Savior about it. If you're not praying about it. Why don't you pray about your anxiety? Pray about your worry. Pray about your stress. Because I'm telling you, in my own life, when I get anxious, I start talking to the Father. God, you know what's going through my body right now. And I don't want it. So tell me something that's true. Tell me something that's honorable. Tell me something that's commendable. Give me something that I can praise you about. That's why when we went into prayer time, I said, praise God for the first thing that comes in your mind. Because a lot of times we try to think of this big, long, massive list, or we try to think about the big things God's done in our life, and we miss the little things. That's the second thing. I told you there's two things I really love. I love that he whispers to us. And then the second thing, I love that he gives us little victories all the time. And in that moment when I was so anxious and decided, God, I don't want to be anxious anymore, he started showing me little things he's done for me. Little things. Like in my sophomore year, I had a great roommate. That's a victory of God. 
Some of you in this room have probably had bad roommates. And you know what a struggle that is. When you get that good one, you're like, this is how life should be. Right? Or if you have a good one, you're like, amen to that good roommate. Right? Morgan's praying for a better roommate. She's hoping the kid's a better one than I am. Right? But God gives us so many small victories. So why don't you live in the joy of those? Why don't you pick that up? Instead of picking up that blanket of anxiety and acting like it's normal and it's going to fix everything in your life, it's only slowing you down. I promise it's only slowing you down. Because here's the thing about anxiety is that, yep, it's a struggle for all of us. And like two and a half years ago, I had a great job. I had great coworkers, right, like Kyle Conkle, right? I was in a good place in life. I had gotten my dream job in the athletic department at UNA. I was living out my dream. But I was not happy. I was not. And I was faking it, right? I was faking it, and God was calling me to something else. And I didn't know what it was. I didn't really want to listen to it because I was in my dream job, right? And slowly I began realizing that God was calling me to ministry. I was like, oh, God, oh, you're funny. Like, I'm not going to go be a pastor or a youth pastor. Like, I'm not doing it, God. Mm-mm. I'm not doing it. And that began to consume my mind to the point where I wasn't being very good in my job. I was letting things slip. Not intentionally. I was just so worried about whatever was going on in my life that I was struggling in my job. I was struggling in my role as a husband. I was struggling in ministering to you guys, being a good member of life support. I was struggling teaching YoPro. I mean, I just went through a lull because that's what anxiety does. It brings us to a lull and it brings us down to where finally when I said again, okay, God, whatever you got, sure, I'm in. Peace that surpasses all understanding that we just read in Scripture completely filled my heart. Can I tell you the last six months, ever since I said yes and started working with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, that the victory in my life and the peace in my life is so real. This, what I'm telling you tonight from God's Word is real and can happen for you. That's not a saying that God's calling every single one of you to ministry. But if God's calling you to something, stop worrying about it and just say yes. If he's calling you to give up a relationship, say yes. If he's calling you to witness to somebody in your class, say yes. If he's calling you to be a teacher, say yes and go be the best teacher you can be. If he's calling you to be a nurse, say yes and go be the best nurse you can be. If he's calling you to be a coach, say yes and go be the best coach you can be. That's seeking the kingdom of God. And watching him add all of these things to you. Stop worrying about it and just say yes to the Father. And when you do that, this scripture becomes real. You understand what we've read tonight is true, right? The do not be anxious part is a true command. But the promise that the peace of our God will surround our hearts is also true. And you can live in that today. When you wake up tomorrow, you can live in that tomorrow. That's the 
great thing about this. So attack your anxiety and choose victory.